0: Nothing is more powerful than the connection between storyteller and audience. Over 100 million Americans listen to podcasts monthly, forming lasting connections with their favorite creators. Ad Results Media helps breakthrough brands join the conversation with advertising that feels authentic and organic. With over 20 years of expertise in the audio influencer space, Ad Results Media amplifies brands across thousands of shows, publishers, and emerging platforms. Be part of the story. Learn more at AdResultsMedia.com/story. That's AdResultsMedia.com/story now rock talk with Mitch Lafon. pretty you know <laughs> yeah. yo what's that. going on you Hello, good what's day happening? josh oh good dude it's been a minute since i've seen you last time i saw you was 2015 you came to the beat 92.5 in montreal you and the guys who did an acoustic performance of uh remember. one love yeah i remember how are you man Good. You know, you were the only singer that we've ever had at the radio station to distort our microphones. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when
0: you there hit you that go. big note right at the end, like in that last chorus, you know, it's just like that. Oh, like, yeah. man, just killed it. And Mitch, he actually had that, he pulled back from the mic and everything, still distorted it. The engineers in the other room were like powerful pipes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Or cheap equipment. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe a 414 man it's a it's not a cheap mic i'll tell you that there you go well listen uh josh ramsey brand new solo project getting set to roll brand new single called lady mine featuring chad kroger from nickelback available now you're catching it on radio across the country um brand new record's gonna be coming out early next year which we're gonna talk all about uh welcome to the show josh hey, ramsey yeah. so good to see you again man yeah, thanks for having me, dude. How you been, by the way, I man? What's going on with you? Like in the last couple of years, are you just sitting at home, like working in the studio and stuff, or?
1: Uh, I mean, like yeah, since the pandemic, yeah, I yeah. Um, I basically basically like I had always wanted to do an album where I played all the in- instruments myself, right. and but I never really got around to it because <clears throat> um, there's this whole Mariana Trench thing, and
2: yeah.
1: um, and then the pandemic. Well, there happened.
2: was until you go solo. <clears throat>
1: No, no, I haven't gone solo. I'm just, I'm, the band is fine. The band is fine. Um, yeah. Give us five years. Basically, um, the the pandemic happened, and so I couldn't leave the house anyway. So I just was like, ah, maybe I'll do that solo record I've been thinking about. <laughs> hmm. Yeah.
0: Well how is it different from doing a record with Mary and his trench with the band versus the solo project are you not allowed to bring all of your ideas with the guys they they don't like some of your ideas like what, what,
1: oh how no no know? no we we're, we're we're great uh, we're great with each other um it was just uh, i'd say it's different in um i had to just trust my gut more because it didn't have a lot of people to bounce ideas off of you know and so mm-hmm. that, i had to just rely on instinct a little more often um and uh, yeah, that I mean, I and I, I mean, it was just it was just me by myself, no other producers or no, uh, you know, it was just me in a room for for a year. <laughs> uh, but I think, um, I think because of that, like, um, the last Mariana's Trench album, which was called Phantoms, which I think came out in 2018, I want to say it was 2018, uh, yeah. Um, that album. I was really, I'm really proud of that album, but the 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 truth is, there it was it was a little shorter than I wanted it to be. But we had a deadline. I mean, we had a super, like I mean, a thick hard deadline, and it was like I, I, I'm surprised anything came out. Wow. <laughs> I, I, well, I remember it was. I remember it was it was Boxing Day. And I had to start mixing, the, because of when the album had to be done, I, I had to start mixing the album on January 1st, and it was Boxing Day, and I had not written the opening track or the closing track, which is always, like, Jeez. the big track. Whoops. So I had, to, I had to come up with, I had to write and record the opening and closing tracks, which, on a Marianne's Trench album, those are always the big, epic, crazy things. With your big so- interludes and your your arrangements right. and everything. Yeah, so I so I did so on that album that I was like I had like you know seven days to do that and I did it and I'm ha- really happy with those songs. But like I said, like the album was a little more concise than what I would have wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this album, there was a pandemic happening, so it's like there's no deadlines. It doesn't matter. I can tinker away and just spend forever on this. Right, um, you can so, just totally mutt lang this
0: whole project.
1: I can do whatever. So uh, it took me about a it took me about a year, but I did take of hands-on time was probably more like eight or nine months because i had a couple things happen like i lost both my parents while i was writing the album so that was like you know i took some time off when both of those things happened and i also had like a big move so there was like all of a sudden my house was in total disarray for like a month or whatever so your life was in shambles essentially yeah there's a couple times where i was in shambles so i i would say like hands-on time it was about probably about nine months of me working on this but it really was like you know uh, the, the album really is like what could I do if if time just wasn't a factor and I was just allowed to tinker away for as long as I need to to get it exactly where I want it to be. Right. Um yeah. so no. from, from that aspect it's uh it, it's 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 quite grand in, in terms of the productions and and stuff it's it's very uh, it's quite grand. Well <laughs> so talk about the productions it. a little bit? I was
0: you know talking about you know with the loss of your father and everything obviously with his history with Little Mountain and everything and you know you basically grew up in recording studios. I mean being at the helm of this entire project on your own i mean are you drawing from some of those influences? are you what it like what records are you listening to to try and uh you know pull from on this album
1: well i mean the first thing i did was i thought um the first thing i thought about was okay um so i write all the songs in mariana's trench and i'm gonna write all the songs here so what's that gonna be how is that gonna be different i, I right. can't because one the one major thing I didn't wanna do, and I don't think fans would want me to do, and I I know the band certainly wouldn't want me to do, is to just make a Marianas Trench album on my own. That's right. a dumb, well, who needs that? Um. Yeah. So um. So then I was like, okay, so if it's not a Marianas Trench album, but it's still just me writing the songs, what does that look like? And that sort of led me to be like, I'm gonna make a bunch of choices that I would not make on a Marianas Trench album. Right. And, I am going to try and have each track on the album be a different genre. That's what I'm going to do. Every song yeah. is going to be a different genre, and that's what I did. It, it's it's so it is quite um, it's it's a little bit chaotic, I, I suppose, because it is like a scattershot of so many genres. Um, like you guys have heard the, the the song with Chad. You guys have heard Lady Mine. Yeah. yeah. So, Great um, song. Uh, thank you. But I mean, wait till you hear it in context on the album, because you hear that song and then it goes right into 1940s Big Band Swing. Like, it's really <laughs> all over the place. But like, wow. so, it, you know, I, I went all over the place. There's like Big Band Swing, then there's Country, then there's EDM. There's a full on like 90s grunge song, which I'm quite happy a- with. Any hair metal uh, versions? Any hair metal songs? Uh, the grunge song gets pretty close. The grunge song gets yeah. pretty close. Yeah. So um, it's
0: late 80s, early 90s.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like 91. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> uh, but but then there's also, um, you know, then there's also uh, I, I did. I wrote one song for my I lost both both my parents uh, right. in six months and I wrote a song for each of them. Not, neither of which are sad songs. They were like loving songs. Celebration.
2: Sort of. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Thank Cele- you. Right. Celebratory. Yeah. So, Celebratory. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I learned I learned so much about music as a whole from them um, yeah, um and arranging and singing and writing so uh, for for both of my parents i wanted to do something that would be musically speaking a big flex like that that's more what i think my parents would like so um the song for my mom is like uh, she came up and her career was like the 60s and 70s and she loved like the beatles and and um the beach boys and queen and stuff like that so i wrote uh, for her i wrote a song that uh, i was trying to write like you know like the beat like that beatlesy songwriting style where it was a, a pop song but all on like overdubbed symphonic instruments like they yeah. used to be that type of thing
2: yeah yeah
1: so, so i wrote a song called spellbound for my mom that's that and, it, and it's kind of goofy and magical because she was kind of goofy and magical nice. um and then the song for my dad is i wrote him like a full-on like epic symphony it, and and Wow! Oh my God, you guys, the recording of this song—it was the most epic recording journey I've ever gone on because the pandemic was happening. So I didn't think I'd be able to get a symphony orchestra because you can't put that many people in a room, right? Right. Right. Okay. So I. So basically, what I did is I, I did a bunch of research online and I bought all of the best orchestral sample libraries available on the planet. And yeah, I just yeah. like, you know, so I, at first I wrote the song virtually, like just all with virtual um, instruments. And it took, to do the arrangement and write it properly, it took me about three weeks of just doing it every day. And then I realized it it clicked. I was like, well, wait a minute. How many people can we have in a room? If there's social distancing in a studio, how many people are we allowed? And it came back and was like, well, you can have four. I was like, oh, okay. So okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not much so of a, so, of a symphony. A <laughs> yeah okay so we're gonna do it like this okay so from one o'clock until two o'clock i want the first violins and then from two o'clock to three o'clock i want the second violins
0: yeah. and
1: i slowly went through and it took uh it took about four days of recording basically one at a, uh, four people at a time a whole symphony orchestra uh and then it took me about two weeks to edit it all together to make it actually sound like a unified uh thing oh. because it was and the tracks, oh my God, you guys, like normally when you record an orchestra, yeah, there's individual mics, but most of it comes from, they call it a Decca There's three mics. It's just three mics that like a room sound. That's where you get most of the sound from. But we have to do that for each each player now because everyone's going like one at a time. So by the end, yeah. Oh my god, the song is like it, it has about four 400 tracks, I think. Like it's <laughs> right. uh, like it was an editing nightmare, it was just a nightmare
2: to edit. And it just like a Mutt Lang. forget Mutt Lang? We got Josh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's insane! So, yeah, so it was just like a big stack, like a wall of sound at that point.
1: Yes, Uh, and it's, uh, man, like, I, you know, I wanted it to sound like Hans Zimmer or something, and it does, but, like, it was just, like, the journey to actually get it there was, like, just never-ending work. (laughs) John Williams, Josh Ramsey over here. Yeah, I was
0: going for it. (laughs) (laughs) So talk about, I mean, you said that every song on this record is essentially a different genre, and I, I want to be honest with you, I love that. Because I love every genre. I, I mentioned i we always say, yeah. there's music I like and music I don't like. I
1: don't necessarily see.
0: That's it. I don't see genre.
1: So I, hear you. That- I hear you. I think it's because really, um, it was actually very freeing for me to let go of the, uh, the idea of genre because then I was like, no, I'm just going to focus on writing good songs. Good songs. Yeah. That's it. Just good songs. I don't care what genre it is. It's just got to be good. Yep. Uh, and there's something very freeing about that being like, well, this wouldn't work on this radio format. I don't care. I'm just yeah. going to write good songs.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Look at what Shania Twain and Mutt Lang did. They did the up pop version and then they did the up country version with all the country uh, arrangements and the pop arrangements. I mean, yeah. a good song is a good song at the end of the day. But to it talk is. about Lady Mind, for example. I mean, you strip away the big production and everything. You could play that on acoustic guitar and sing the melody and the lyrics, and it's a good song.
1: Is yeah, that how a song starts for you? or? Thank you. No, not usually. Usually for me, I I usually, in terms of the music itself, I usually write most of it just in my head while I'm doing something else. Um, you, most of the time, a melody will pop into my head, and then um, I'll start to picture different ideas for what the chords could be that would support the melody the best. But it's just a, I do it all internally, and then once I've arrived at what I think it is, then I go to the studio and I start to record it. All all right, right, so um, you're not you're not programming a beat first and then laying down a bass line. Or... No, 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 wow. no. By the time I'm doing that stuff, I mean, you have to do that stuff eventually. By the time I do that stuff, I've got the music like 90% worked out already. Yeah. Um, just in my head. And it's just trying to um, execute
0: but, that and get it down onto tape.
1: Yeah, I think that's why for me, it has always made sense to be a, a, a songwriter and a producer, because I, to me, I think it's sort of one and the same. Like the songwriting part is the coming up with the idea. And then the producing stuff is the laying it out in its best
2: light. Like it's sort of won't, definitely one one in the same uh, yeah. for me anyway. Do you ever get frustrated where the, what you're hearing in your head, you're just not getting on tape. You're just going, I can't get it.
1: Does that happen? Um, yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes for sure. You know, that's a, where, that's a really easy place for that to happen is um, when you're programming synths. If right. you're expe- if you're picturing a synth sound in your head and you're like I don't know and you're looking looking through presets on something and there's like five thousand presets and you're like oh, yeah great. totally
2: yeah
1: oh perfect um I will admit that's in in the past sometimes that's when a little marijuana has helped me go a long way because uh, you just <laughs> just well you know you're, you're a lot more patient you're a lot more right. patient to just right. there and be like okay let's sit here for five hours I don't care fine you know I mean? yeah. uh, but um yeah the other times the other things. Uh, the other time sometimes where i hear it in my head one way and it's not coming out and i get frustrated is it, is on a specific vocal uh that can happen sometimes where i'm like i really i know my voice can do this thing and i really want it to do it and it's not doing it for whatever like that ha- that happens sometimes i mean i'm usually you get there in the end but uh you right. know uh, but yeah yeah that can happen sometimes for sure i love the- I thing, think- oh go ahead mitch I was just gonna, I, I was gonna say, like when I was on my the very first Mariana's Trench album, I was really um way too set in my ways at that time. And I would like I would reference other people's stuff, uh, like like guitar tones, for example. Mm-hmm. I would reference other albums where I thought there was a really good guitar tone. and then I would be like, we have to get this exact guitar tone. And as soon as you yeah. start chasing someone else's sound, you never get first of all you're never going to get it even if you use the same right. guitar the same amplifier the same microphone it's a different day it's a different time it's in never the gonna fingers sing. you're not going to have those fingers so and just it, it, everyone is unique and we all do it differently and like yeah. you know I, I, on our first album i was like I thought like Dave Grohl's guitar sound was like the best guitar sound ever, but it doesn't matter. Even if you're using all the same gear, it's still not gonna sound the same. It's just like, no. it's a, the weather outside is different. It sounds different, I don't know. Yeah. So once you, once you realize to stop chasing a sound and to just, and to just make your own sound, that's when right. you get good. That's when you get good stuff.
0: That's really good advice because a lot of artists these days, I mean, you listen to modern radio and like everybody's sampling and trying to achieve, you know, nostalgic tones and this and that. It's like, that was already done. Like, I love the fact that the 80s are coming back, but at the same time, it's like, I, I could use one less Moog base.
2: <laughs> yeah. I could use yeah. more 80s. Yeah, and just quickly, think... since we're talking about the 80s real quick, and I don't mean to cut you off, but your dad did own Little Mountain. What was that like in terms of people? I mean, were you just sort of hanging out with Night Ranger and Bon Jovi and Motley Crue? Bruce Crew Fairburn and... and all those guys. Like, and... Was that just a, a cavalcade of all the greatest rock stars? You did and we just become so normal it's like oh there's there's nikki six again hi nikki yeah
1: i mean short yeah yeah. um but but you have to you have to remember that for me i grew up there so um it wasn't weird to see nikki six or bon jovi or brian adams or anything that's what i thought adults did when they grew up like you know hang out with brian adams well yeah because no no they are brian adams (laughs) right that studio existed before i was born so that's all i knew right so like i mean i and then a lot of those so a lot of those you know iconic bands were recording my dad's place um and then a lot of those singers were at our house taking vocal lessons from my mom um i i I mean i really did think that that um when you grow up you just become a really successful musician that that was my example of adults
2: right right (laughs) that's Um, that's what I, i had
1: to do yeah i i think i think it it affected me in a few ways that I think are were um, were good. I, I think on on the one side, I feel like I grew up on the other side of of the glass in terms of like fame and famous people, and and um, so that has never held any mystique to me right. whatsoever uh, or allure in any way.
2: It's prepared you? um, to. I bought, um I
1: was, it was just like it was very normal to see like ultra famous people, and and I. So it just gave me a different sort of grasp of of, um, of showbiz and to not be so enamored with fame and like and all that. Because, man, I can tell you guys, you guys, are, I'm sure you've met plenty of famous people where mm-hmm. like you can tell where if, if that is the goal, if the goal isn't, my goal has never been I want to be a famous person. My goal has always been I want to be good at my job and do good work. And if people recognize me for that, great. But I don't care if uh, someone recognizes me in the street or whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but the people where that's the goal, uh, it's so empty and it's so vapid that once they get there, they realize that it hasn't filled any sort of hole in the soul at all. Um, and it's just, I feel like if you're, if you're chasing fame for the sake of fame, it's, uh, oh man, that is an empty existence. That is an empty existence. <laughs> it's not yeah, for me. It, it doesn't fill me. that void yeah. at the end of the day. And, and oh. a
2: little advice. If you don't want to be famous, have a podcast. <laughs> There you that's, go. Yeah. That's the way to go. Um, you yeah. know, you're talking about chasing sounds and all that. Of course, Little Mountain had the drum sound. Is that something that for your albums, you've gone, you know what? I got to get the drums sound you go
0: into, because did that's... You, did you go
2: into the my DNA, DNA and set up some right, mics?
1: The or? So Little Mountain, so like uh, for anyone else, like not as familiar, like Little Mountain was this huge studio and then it ceased to be in the, in the 90s. Right. Um, and then... Uh, Studio B, what was Studio B, still continued and is still there to this day. It's just had a few different names over the years. Mm. Um, now it's called Hippasonic, um, but it's still the same Studio B room. The Studio A room for a long time, which is the room with the iconic drum sounds and all that, um, for a long time was divided into rehearsal spaces for forever and ever. And then in the last few years, um, uh, Gar- producer uh, Garth Richardson, he he started leasing that side, and he runs a recording school called nimbus so they turned it back into studio a but it's sort of like the student stuff that's in there right. so it's i don't think um i don't like i think you may need to bring in like a lot of gear if you wanted to like do a pro recording there because it's, Ooh, it's okay. for students right and they i mean it's great that, that there's yeah. a, a great place to learn and stuff but yeah i did talk to garth i would like to go in there and, and do a drum sound one day. And there was one song on this album that would have been good for it, but they were, they were busy at the time. Damn yeah because yeah. that that loading bay i mean geez, loading know, bay everybody
0: yeah. from bob claremont to bob rock i mean everybody talks about that like that, oh yeah dude
1: okay. yeah that's yeah everyone you'd record the drum they would record the drums in the big and studio a is a huge room so they would record in there and then the doors to the loading bay would be open and it was basically like a huge reverb chamber it's all concrete i've seen some pictures that i don't this i don't think this would have sounded good but i've seen some pictures of them actually putting the drums physically in the loading bay which is insane yeah. to me uh, that's right. like putting the drums in an empty swimming pool or something so that's crazy yeah just cavernous <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah but listen uh, you, they tried stuff back in the day now you just pro tool it and preset it and but back then you had to physically think yeah. of some yeah. way to get that sound so hey now
0: you've got the bob clear mountain emulation plugin, and you can just try and get <laughs> yeah, that yeah. you know
2: click yeah, yeah.
0: Talk about uh, Lady Mind really quickly, because, you know, yeah. you listen to the Marianas Trench music and it's the complete opposite of this. I mean, you've got this Zeppelin-esque kind of riff going. Uh, my favorite part, by the way, is the mutt langish three-part harmony part right in the middle of the second <laughs> verse. And yeah. you've always been an incredible vocal performer and vocals have been always the highlight of the Mariana Trench records. Thank Talk you. about producing this song and, you know, getting the sound going and everything. And how did you okay. get Chad on the record?
1: Okay, um, well, um, Chad and I have been friends for a really long time. Um, I did work on a Nickelback record with Chad um, a few years ago. Uh, it wasn't I, Dark Horse,
2: was it? You didn't work with Mutt Lang, did you?
1: No, I did not work he with Mutt Lang. is obsessed
2: with Mutt Lang. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Yeah, for good reason. He's like one of the best producers of all time. Yeah, definitely. The, the Mutt Lang guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who is it? Yeah, Mutt Lang is a yeah.
1: Talented kid. He's gonna go far that Mutt Lang. Yeah. Um, the future. um no, I um but I, I had done a record with Chad like just from a song like, you know, a couple of co-writes or whatever. Um, mostly in Hawaii, actually. There's a whole that's a whole other story that's got a lot of funny stuff in it. Um Wow. But but um I I was working on this song and it started out with me thinking, you know what I'd like to do I'd like to do something that feels like the '70s, like that feels like that feels like Lenny Kravitz or something. Like not that Lenny's from the '70s, but his music certainly is very it's got the vibe. All the those influences, 70s, right? man for sure so and, and i love letty and i was like i want to do something like that but like maybe a little more energetic but like still like that vibe with like a horn section and mm-hmm. then it, uh, that riff just popped into my head and all of a sudden it was just i was just over and over and um and then i was like okay what kind of vocal do i want where where can my voice sound really or like really rocking? And I knew that whenever I sing along to Highway to Hell by ACDC, my voice will hit that the Bon Scott tone sort of. Um, and I even have like the, the, the trigger for it. So, no stop signs, believe it. I knew as soon as I sing that 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 yeah. grit will come. So, um, so I wrote it in the same key as Highway to Hell using that, that note as a C. So I was like, okay, I got to make sure that the, the melody sits right around C. So that's that was my start. That was all I really had my starting right. point. And then as I was working on the song, oh my god, you guys, my poor wife, too, because I was working on the song at home. So for like a week, all she heard was just
2: just constantly <laughs> for a week. That's okay. You just um, turn to her and you say, listen, uh, it paid for uh, your uh, kitchen, so just
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. So I, I was working on the song, and I, and I really wanted to do a song with Chad because I, I I've always wanted us to do something singing together. Mm-hmm. And I I was I was working on that song, and I was like, well, who do I know who who could sing this? And then I was like, I know one person who could sing this. It's got to be Chad. He's the only guy I know who who could hit these notes. Um, I I wonder if he would do it. He would sound amazing on it. And I thought it would be a cool choice because. It doesn't sound like something. It doesn't sound like a song that people would associate with me. It doesn't sound like a Marianne yes. Carey song, but it doesn't sound like a Nickelback song either. So I thought it would be a, kind of a cool departure for both of us. It's something and completely new. It's just different, and so and I called Chad, and I I quickly walked him through. I was like, "Okay, man. So I'm 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 working on this album." And every song is a different genre. And I've written this sort of 70s throwback song. And I didn't, I wasn't like, will you sing on it? I was like, could I send it to you? And if you like it, maybe you could consider taking a verse on it or something. Uh, and I, I actually, I think maybe he was a little bit drunk. And he was like, ah, it's fine, buddy. Just send it over. I'll take it, I'll do it so he, he actually he actually said yes to doing it um without ever having heard the song wow <laughs> That's great. so That's so perfect. what's it like
2: to have uh modern rock's greatest frontman on one of your songs i mean come on it's a true it's truly an honor um and i mean he knocked it out of the park you guys have heard it he
1: sounds amazing yeah. on the song, as i knew he would sounds amazing um, on every song he sings he, he's a great rock singer he really is a great great rock singer yeah uh, And, you know, I've been in the studio with him while while he's working on Nickelback stuff. And I can tell you, like, he only does, like, two or three takes like he, he's like he, he just he sounds like that he lays it down super quick and he's a great great rock singer um it, it's really funny you know like when when Nickelback started getting their like their blowback that that happened you know uh, maybe yeah. some over oversaturation perhaps and people started having like you know it got people loved to, to like make fun of Nickelback and stuff I was always like yeah Chad's crying his way all the way to the bank guys <laughs> I
2: <love> it. dude <laughs> it's the greatest PR move ever it gets well, them talked he, about all the time.
1: And you know what? If you get a blowback, that means you've done everything right and you're huge. Like, you 60 know, 60 million albums. A, yeah. You know who else got a blowback? The BGS. So, right. yeah. you know, <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. listen, well, 16 interview- million albums sold. He, let them let let hate all they want.
1: Yeah. 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 You don't do that by, you don't sell that many records by accident. <laughs>
2: Look, I,
0: I interviewed Mike, his brother, and I said to him, ah. it's like, well, how does it feel to be the world's most hated band? He's like, listen, when I'm filling arenas, I'm laughing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those guys, they have a total sense of
1: humor about the whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and frankly, uh, Chad is like such a good songwriter, too. I mean, dude. <laughs> such a good songwriter. Like, it's, it's um, crazy. I mean, I remember the first time I heard Photograph on the radio and I actually called him and I was like, dude, this song is going to be huge. Good job. Like, wow, that is a great, great song. And it is still a great, yep. great song. Those songs
0: on that, I mean, like, Dark Horse is my favorite record, aside from Lang, the, the involvement, but, I mean, like, the yeah. songs on the album, I mean, you listen to stuff like If Today Was Your Last Day and, yeah. like, Never Gonna Be Alone or um, so, This Afternoon, like, th- there's such fun song, but you listen to the lyrics and, like,
1: it's such good writing. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, like, super, uh, he's got a really great sense of melody, too, I mean, like, his, his songs are so melodic. I know from working with, it's funny, like, him and I write songs in a very different way, um, mm-hmm um uh, it's always fun when you get when 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 you work with other songwriters because one thing i'm sort of discovering as i continue to learn about writing is that everybody does it differently and that there's no real one way um, well, what's the I biggest mean, difference between you and chad like what's his writing process and what's so yours mine starts with um a melody will pop into my head while i'm doing something totally unrelated usually a melody will pop into my head and then um, I, I just picture what music, I think what what the chords would be that could support the melody the best. And usually a song sort of presents itself. Um, but I do it all in my head. I don't wanna sit down and play guitar or piano or whatever. I just do it all up here. And then, and, then, uh, and then I record it. And then usually I write the lyrics once I have the song to sit there and listen to and it's like recorded. And then I'll start on the lyrics. Chad, Chad is very much focused uh, about being, a storyteller uh it's it's sort of a more of a nashville type of approach like he's very concerned with um what are we singing about what is the lyrical concept of this song and actually like when we were working together if i because i just think of melody first and then figure out what the lyrics would be after he actually wouldn't necessarily like if i were to sing chad a melody it it wouldn't really sink in for him if it didn't have a lyric attached to it he he, like he's he's much more like i want to come up with words and then the melody just sort of like Presents itself to him. So, like, he really comes at it from a storyteller perspective. Wow. It's almost like
0: a, like, more of like a putting poetry to music in the end.
1: Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You know, years ago, I worked with Simple Plan. And when we were working together, those guys, it's it's that even further. It's Chuck and Pierre show up. And um, uh, Chuck will have, he has like a book where he's written, he's written like 25 possible song titles. And then a quick breakdown of what the song could be about. Like verse one, we'll talk about this. Verse two could be about this. And the chorus, like a little treatment. And he's got like 25 of these little like working title ideas. And then we would, then the three of us sit down and and go through each of the titles until we landed on the one that we thought was the best. And that's like a two or three day process getting to like, okay, so the song's going to be called this. And we have a breakdown of what it's going to be about. Then Pierre starts to sing and play chords, but he doesn't do that until we've already gone through that whole that whole like three day process. Wow! Yeah, but That's it's super, those. But those guys are like
2: super, super like super thought out. Like the those songs are very, very thought out. Wow! Yeah. I wonder how long it took Chad to come up with something in your mouth. That must have taken <laughs> months you should ask him
0: (laughs) burn it to the ground oh we'd listen Chad is like in my top five want to interview people like ever like that yeah
1: i only met him twice but he's great you know another another great thing about him that i don't think a lot of people necessarily realize because like i I, his his sort of persona on stage is pretty serious but he's like actually like such a class clown that guy he's like Mm -hmm. he's he's like the funniest dude ever he's hilarious (laughs) well listen the josh
0: ramsey show. uh josh ramsey show coming out next year brand new singles available now featuring chad kroger when is this record coming out and are we going to get physical product can i put the vinyl can i drop the needle on the wax
1: hell yeah i just got the test pressing of the vinyl like two days ago nice nice um i think this the album's gonna come out um i don't know the exact date yet but it is gonna come out um uh right at the beginning of spring Wow. We, so we'll we put out another we'll put out like another two singles before that I think
2: I And let to take you it one- on the road at
0: some point or yes
1: yes
2: oh there we go uh, let me ask you one question before before we leave since it's so different and, and the tracks are you know you've got the big band and the swing and the, the 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 rock and all are you worried about fan reaction at all like if if you only sell let's say ten thousand rather than a hundred thousand is it still successful because you did what you wanted to do or does it have to have a commercial success attached to it for you to say, "Yeah, this was worth it"?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, no one's ever asked me that before. That's a great question. Um, I think for me, um, for me, artistically, I think it is a success for me, and that is really what I set out to do. Um, I, I don't. I think you're making a mistake. As a songwriter, if you write the songs that you think people want to hear and and you are writing and you're what I would call chasing hits, you know, like like I've worked with people like that. um, And I think the second you're just chasing a hit, you're not going to get anything. uh, You're not going to get anything great and anything unique. Like, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but like I did work with a songwriter early on in my career. Who literally would just look at like what what are the top 10 charting songs in the states okay so how can we rip off a little bit of each of those and and get as close as possible without getting sued without getting sued like what what do we just need to change this much of and that's and that's the way that that person works
2: it's called blender Um, writing
1: it's like a chop chop um and 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 you know what that person's very successful so i you know i'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus but um that's not me and that's not the way i work and and my complaint with 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 writing that way is that you're never going to get something unique and new. You're going to get you're never going to get the number one. You're you're going to get the song that definitely charts, but you're not. But it sounds too much like the other one. You know what I mean? Someone already did that. Um, and I just don't. For me, that's not. Um, that's just not an inspiring place to to work from um and i don't think you get your best work when you do that and actually most of the songs that i have been in, involved with that were the biggest um usually were something different at the time um uh mm-hmm. like uh, you know uh to use call me maybe as an example when that song came out and we put that out um there was nothing else that had like that was like centered in a string section there was no string yeah. section pop song going on and i think that like I, I think that was one of several things that just sort of set it apart right. along with Carly's amazing vocal performance on that song. Yeah. Um, but um, I think one of the things that helped that song is it didn't sound like anything else that was on the radio. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, by the way, I love the kick drum on call me. Maybe
0: it's one of my favorite kick drums that was on the radio at the time.
1: Just oh, sure. thanks. It's uh you know, it's funny. I just, I don't know if we're, they're going to use it or not, but I, I just did like a, like a 10 years later and i like re- did a recall of the session in the in the room where we mixed it and like had the whole song up back up on the faders oh, and cool! Uh, and i was just kind of like going through track by track like remembering what we had done and stuff and um there was like eight kick drums on that song <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> kick sound there's like eight kick sounds going on yeah. the funny thing about that is that like
0: i i heard it on like especially the beat 92 5 like our processing is it's like double process it sounds sure. like magical on the fm and, like, when that kick drum hit, it, like, it drove the freaking chorus. And I was like, why does this <laughs> sound so good compared to everybody else? Yeah.
1: That's, it's, this, it's just there are that many more kick drums in there. There's a lot yeah. of kick sounds. But it's and funny how awesome.
0: something so minute like that, like, you know, my ear caught that. And I'm like, oh, I like that song because of that. Like, you know, not that it was a yeah. shitty song. It was a great song. But, you know, there's little things in certain songs that people yeah. gravitate towards, I guess. Yeah, or I'm yeah. just a nerd, you know. No. <laughs> Maybe a bit of a... Yeah. All right. Well, listen, it was so great to see you again in chat. This was awesome, man. Uh the brand new song is phenomenal. This record, I'm honestly really excited to hear the rest of this now because me this too. is really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's uh it's a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well There's when it comes out, we'll, when we get a chance to hear the entire thing, we'll do another chat and we'll go track by track. Please. I would love
2: to. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Absolutely.
0: All right, you cool. Go. We'll we'll see you later. Thanks, man. Nice All right, have
2: a good day. Man.
0: Cheers. Right. Adios. Good. That was
2: good.